0: The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on the Cyberspace Sanctuary do not necessarily reflect those of the ownership and management of the Blake Radio Network.
1: Cyberspace is the place that only a human being locates. Where there's so much information to take, there you enter an entirely new phase. Once you get on the internet, become World Wide
0: Web.
2: It's a new Welcome world to,
0: point to the Cyberspace y- Sanctuary, a safe house for you your mind. I'm, I'm your host and, and facilitator, Junius Ricardo's Stanley, you know, right inviting you to mind. stay tuned for interesting interviews, news you can use, and programming designed with you in mind. Free your mind. The rest will follow. Right here on the Cyberspace Sanctuary, sanctuary your on the Blake Radio Network
1: Rainbow Voice. Cyberspace is the place. Cyberspace is the place. love, black family. You are listening to the Prince of Pan-Africanism, Dr. Umar Johnson, the black community's number one school psychologist and child advocate. You are listening to Junius Ricardo Stanton here at the Cyberspace Sanctuary on blakeradio.com. So make sure you listen to the Cyberspace Sanctuary every time our brother Junius Ricardo Stanton is on blakeradio.com.
0: Welcome to the Cyberspace Sanctuary, a safe house for your mind on the Blake Radio Network's Rainbow Soul. My name is Junius Ricardo Stanton. I'm your host and facilitator. And it's my pleasure to be here with you on the Blake Radio Network's Rainbow Soul. We started off the program with Bob Marley. Get up, stand up, stand up for your rights. And that sets the stage for our guest, Professor E. Sonny Harris. One of the co-conveners and co-founders of Heating Cheney's Call, an effort to save the historic institution and restore it to prominence and make it a viable institution in the 21st century. And we'll speak to him following these messages. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'd like to welcome everybody checking in from Real Media Player, from Windows Media Player, from iTunes. We want to encourage everyone to log into our website, which is blakeradio.com, and become familiar with how you can access our broadcast directly from our website. And vice versa, those of you who check in directly from the Blake Radio Network, become familiar with how you can also access us through Real Media Player, through Windows Media Player, and iTunes by logging into their radio tuner guides and doing a search for us in the talk radio genre. You're listening to Rainbow Soul Talk Radio at its best. Hi, I'm Junius Ricardo Stanton inviting you to join me in financially supporting the Blake Radio Network on a regular basis. We need your continuing patronage to help the Blake Radio Network remain alive and thriving both now and well into the future there are several easy ways you can send your contribution to use paypal click on the help link on the blake radio networks website at www.blakeradio.com or you can go directly to the paypal website and click the send money link type in rainbow soul at blakeradio.com as the email address and Unlimited Ventures as the payee. Then follow the instructions. To send a check or money order, make it out to Unlimited Ventures, care of Neil Blake and mail it to 73 Ireland Place, that's I-R-E-L-E-N-D Place, Suite 109, Amityville, A-M-I-T-Y-V-I-L-L-E, New York, 11701 easy, painless, and uncomplicated, and you'll feel great after doing it, knowing you're keeping the Blake Radio Network alive and on the cutting edge of media technology. I'm Junius Ricardo Stanton, thanking you in advance for your support. You're listening to the Cyberspace Sanctuary on the Blake Radio Network with Junius Ricardo Stanton. Stay tuned. Our guest is Dr. E. Sonny Harris. He's a retired mathematics professor at Cheney University, and he's an adjunct professor at Temple University. He's the past president of the retired faculty of Cheney University Union, and he's the founding member of Heeding Cheney's Call. And it's a pleasure to have him with us on our program today. Welcome, brother. How you doing?
3: Fine, thank you,
0: Tell us a little bit about yourself, share your background, and tell us how you got from where you started to Cheney University to now uh, being the the convener of the Heating Cheney's Call initiative.
3: I think that it wasn't just me that started uh, Heating Cheney's Call. It was you and I both started Heating Cheney's Call together. Uh, you called me and I called you back and we said something needs to be done to help K-University because they were in serious trouble. And then we both decided to try to get in touch with uh uh Michael Cord and Jeffrey Hart and that's when it really started from that point. Well, and then we had what? Uh, Other members added to He didn't change
0: call. I remember it a little differently. You called me because you had already called Michael and he was busy with a trial and you told me that as soon as his trials were finished, we could get together and meet. That's how I remember
3: it. Okay, well you remember better than I. It was you and I together. Okay.
0: Now you're a college professor. You're an instructor of mathematics. You're an educator. You teach educators uh, math. So what was it that you saw that caused you so much alarm that you wanted to do something and get the ball rolling to, to try to save Cheney?
3: Uh, I guess it started uh, when uh, General Arnold was interim president, and then I began to see all the the real bad problems had in financial aid, omissions, the enrollment began to drop, uh, recruitment of students, uh, misapplications, applications not being filed from students who applied to Cheney. It It was an erosion, a constant erosion of everything. And then when uh, Dr. Michelle Vitell came in, this continued on, and things got even worse. So I said uh, 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 to myself that something has to be done or it's going to be too late. And this is when we began to have common, uh, uh, communications between uh, you, Michael Cord, and myself, and Jeffrey Hart. And uh, this is really uh, what got me interested and really concerned about the road that Cheney had has been going and what the state system, tashi was manipulating and planned a lot of this, in my opinion, for the gradual destruction of Cheney or demise of Cheney.
0: Well, Cheney University is in similar situation to a lot of the other HBCUs particularly the the public state funded and owned HBCUs so your allegation is that the state the commonwealth of Pennsylvania deliberately did what they did to undermine Cheney now um, you have a, a firsthand knowledge about this because Back in 1980, you filed a suit against the Commonwealth. So, tell us what that was about, and what what transpired from 1980 up until now to make you believe that the state is culpable for the the problems that changed.
3: Well, I think it's a a couple things. Uh, Number one, we filed that suit uh, in 1980, and uh, in 1983, there was a summed agreement in a federal court, uh, in, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, the federal judge was Judge Fulham. And, uh, we received, uh, $15.4 million. And also, uh, our attorney, Roland Atkins, also filed, uh, he filed a suit against the state of Pennsylvania. And also, he filed a similar suit against the United States Department of Education that uh, was saying that uh, that Cheney uh, that Cheney was being discriminated by the state. This initiated that 1999 agreement between uh, the uh, the governor of Pennsylvania and uh, the United States Department of Education, but one thing that where we made our mistake and i have talked to you and michael about this several times uh is that we didn't ask the judge to monitor the situation or have a arbitrator to monitor to make sure that the state fulfilled their agreement so what happened was there was no monitoring system by the state. So, therefore, a lot of money, not a lot, but many millions of dollars was misspent uh, from that $15.4 million. And we really didn't keep a record of the money. So, therefore, we really don't know how much of that $15 million wasn't spent. And we had no record to prove that we had X number of millions of dollars left over, uh, that could be used, uh, presently. So therefore we, that was a, a error that we made that, uh, our attorneys, Joe Tucker and Michael Court said that we won't make that error again. Uh, then, uh, it was the constant in, in, uh, uh, selecting of the president. It seems as though that the state constantly always picked the, the weakest person that was names that were sent up. Usually, the selection committee at Cheney would send three or four names up, and the last name was the weakest person. And the state system constantly picked the most recent person to be president. Now, from 1970 up to The president, we have had 13 presidents, interim presidents, and acting presidents. And there were only two presidents out of that 13 that never had a deficit or the enrollment was increasing. And that was Dr. Wade Wilson and Dr. Donald Mullet. All the other presidents, 90% of the other 11 presidents they were fired by the state system, but they were only fired because of the pressure put by the faculty and also, in some occasions, by the alumni working with the faculty and the students. Pressure had to be put on the state to get rid of the president because it was misspending of money, uh, mis- uh, misuse of funds, uh, the constant of... Uh, erosion of uh, the uh, enrollment of students and the uh, constant decay of the buildings on campus. In fact, the only new building that Cheney had over a period of 30 years was the new dormitory at Cheney and the science building. And from 19, from uh, I'm sorry, from 2005 up to the present, Cheney had no new academic programs that were markable that would encourage students of various colors, races, and religions to come to Cheney. And that's the problem today at Cheney. There are no new academic programs in which the other 13 state universities have constantly got new programs every two years. Now, why, so do you, we, now we, why, do,
0: why do you think that is? Because education is not stagnant, it's not static, it's always growing, always evolving, always changing to meet the demands of the marketplace and the culture. So, why do you think that Cheney University's faculty and generally speaking, and you correct me if I'm, I'm incorrect, the new changes in the curriculum are faculty driven? So, why do you think that happened?
3: I think that uh, Rick is partly due to three components. Number one is that uh, because we have gotten poor leadership in the type of people that we have gotten as presidents and provosts, that they did not encourage or push faculty the way they should have, when wade wilson and dr donna mullet was there in order to get these new programs now there have been on some occasions where some academic departments on campus have recommended new programs but they did not move forward by the president of the university and also i think that over 50 percent of uh of lies with the state system of our education. I honestly believe they took the attitude that because the type of person they put down there as a leader at Cheney and as president, they were going to let them make the mistakes, not do what was right. Therefore, the state can say, well, we put this person down here. It was their responsibility to do it so they wouldn't want to take any responsibility for it. But they have to take the responsibility because the faculty, uh, the students, the alumni, or the council of trustees do not select a president. The only person that selects the president is the chancellor of PASHE with approval of the board of governors.
0: Now, ch- the state was not, uh, unscathed in any of this all along the state of Pennsylvania was one of 10 states that the federal government targeted because they operated what they called a two-tiered separate and unequal educational system. So given the state was targeted by the federal government to come up with integration plans and to rectify this situation, how was it allowed to go so long without any serious uh, uh, remedy? Because your suit was in the 80s, then the federal government stepped in, and in the 90s, the latter part of the 90s, and that's where the consent decree came in, but what what happened in between the 80s and 1990, your suit in 1980 and 1999? Okay.
3: One of the elements in our lawsuit was that uh, we, well, the state agreed, PASHE agreed, that they will have X millions of dollars available for white students and Asians and others to come to Cheney to get into the undergraduate program with free tuition and free books. And black students at Cheney could get into one of the state's own universities in Pennsylvania if they made the uh, grade point average with free tuitions for a master's program and a doctor program. Now, during that period of two to three years, Cheney's white enrollment increased about seven to eight percent. But majority of white students were going into academic areas where There were jobs, for example, in industrial arts and technology and education and also in criminal justice and social work because they were programs that were developing, were increasing, so therefore that's where the majority of white students went. Now, there were some black students who did get into state-related universities to work on their masters and doctorate, but what happened after 1984 85 because there was no marketing, uh, monitoring of the of that money that money was stopped so therefore you didn't have uh another group of caucasians or asians or hispanic students coming to Cheney because the money wasn't available because no one knew where the money was. So therefore, what you what you have now is a, uh, uh, under the desegregation plan, I firmly believe if you have at least seven or eight new academic programs to start at Cheney in September, and these are programs in the, the sciences, the health-related fields and in education and some other areas, you will be able to get students from all cultures and religions and backgrounds. But there are no new programs on the books to start in September of 2015 for Cheney. So therefore, Cheney has to go for almost another year the wait to get new academic programs. And that's one of the things that Heating Cheney's call is trying to push to get these new programs. And not only do we need seven or eight uh, immediately, we're going to need uh, a year after that three or four more so we end up with at least 10 to 12 new academic programs. You have to have money to market those programs. You have to have money to hire qualified faculty in order to teach in those programs and then you have to do something about the infrastructure of Cheney with the dormitories and the water pipes and the heating system system and all of that but that can come if you plan well over a period of two to three years so uh, this is what has happened since 1982- uh, 83. To now.
0: Well, let me, let me take you back prior to your suit. And I know when, when I was okay. in school, when I was uh, an activist on the student uh-huh. government and on the campus, that was our, one of our, our claims that we, we said Cheney was the stepchild of the Pennsylvania system. Yeah. In the 1970s is when the federal government took up the challenge and Pennsylvania was lumped with Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Georgia, Maryland, and several other southern Correct. states. Now, mm-hmm. things went along and the nothing was going on until you filed your suit in, in the 1980s. You just told us what happened because there was no monitoring, no follow up on mm-hmm. the resolution of your suit. So then the federal government looks at the Pennsylvania Commonwealth again. In 1990s and they enter an agreement now you and I know from our negotiations with Heating Cheney's call with the Commonwealth that we've been doing for the past two years they mm. they say it was just a handshake agreement when most other people including the the legislators that we talked to who supported us early on said it was a Court mandated, uh, agreement. So that discrepancy exists, but our contention is that it, it, it was a federal man, federally mandated agreement. So that's what prompted us to go to court. So tell us, share with uh, our listeners the reasons that heating Cheney's call in addition to what I just said. In addition to what you talked about, the academic programs and the infrastructure, why it was important to go to federal court to file a case against the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and the U.S. Department of Education.
3: Well, I think that we started back there in 2014.
0: No, it was 2013. We started. We've been at this for almost 20. 20 okay, 20, 2018
3: Yeah, when uh, Governor Corbett was governor, and we began to have talks with uh, the team that Governor Corbett put together, and I think we were, you can correct me, I think we were negotiating for about six to seven months, and during the first few months, it looked like things were going pretty well, and we began to make progress, but uh, the last Two months, it appeared that they were stalling, uh, just waiting and trying to wait for the governor, uh, to leave office. And that's when, uh, Heating Cheney's call, uh, decided, along with our attorney, uh, Michael Cord, to, uh, file this lawsuit. And, uh, that's when we got, uh, our chief attorney, joe tucker and we decided that uh they were using a stalling tactic and they weren't really interested in really trying to settle this because they made some nasty comments at the last meeting that we had with them and you can recall that and we that's when we decided that look we we just not going to take this so that's when we decided to go into federal court and file this lawsuit Mm -hmm. against uh the governor and, uh, the state of Pennsylvania and, uh, the United States Department of Education because, uh, Joe Tucker felt that, uh, United States Department of Education, it was their responsibility to see that the state lived up to their agreement, the 1999 agreement.
0: Well, he also felt that, and it, he spells it out in the petition that the Commonwealth and the U.S. Department of, of Education were in violation of the uh, Title VI of the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964 and yes. as also in, in violation of the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause, mm-hmm. and uh, we know just from looking at how Cheney's infrastructure was allowed to deteriorate and and its academic infrastructure, the things that you're talking about, the new programs that would have made Cheney competitive in the marketplace and in the educational marketplace just weren't pushed or formulated. So on October 29th of 2014, we filed a federal lawsuit against the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and the U.S. Department of Education Secretary and its Secretary Arnie Duncan. Now, what do you, you, speaking for a Heating Change Call, hope to get out of this, uh, lawsuit and any settlement or any litigation that, that results?
3: I think that we have to follow that, uh, framework for remedy, improvement, and enhancement, there were uh, seven points that we have in our remedy that we have to make sure that we try to uh, agree, to get the state to agree on most of those seven, if not all of those seven. So what we hope to, uh, to get from this is that, first of all, We have to have competent leadership at Cheney. Uh, we're talking about in the president, all the vice presidents and other administrative leaders. We can't afford to continue to have incompetent leadership at Cheney. Secondly, we have to get, uh, the Academic program, new academic programs up and running. Uh, Cheney has over a 50 to 60 million dollar deficit. Uh, the state says it's going to loan Cheney, uh, 6 million more dollars to get through, uh, September. But all this money has to be paid back. And then you have all the problems that Cheney might have to pay the Department of Education, uh, because of, uh, of the financial aid situation at Cheney. So, uh, what we hope to, to get is these new academic programs up and running and to, uh, have the infrastructure of Cheney improved. Now, if we can get the majority of those items one to seven in our, uh, remedy, uh, I hope that within, it's going to be a long period of time. We're not going to do this in one or two years. It's going to take three, four, five years for Cheney up and running. And Cheney cannot afford to just take any student in like they have been doing for the last six or seven years. They're going to have to uh, gear down and look for top level students with a 2.6 to 3.0 and better. And we gotta emphasize the Keystone program at Cheney. Uh, you, Rick, were very instrumental in getting, uh, $500,000 that was due to us put back into the Keystone program. And we hope to get more in the fiscal year of July the 1st come, uh this, uh, this past July the 1st. But the problem is that with the money in the Keystone program, you're not getting new students because there's new, no new academic programs to encourage students from these top high schools and uh, other schools within the state of Pennsylvania and charter schools to come to Cheney. Even though we say to them, we got free tuition and books, for you if you come to Cheney, but there are no new academic programs to encourage them to come to Cheney. It's not on the books right now, and uh, there are a couple that the president at Cheney says is on the books, but it's not. it can't be put into play in September because they don't have the qualified faculty or the money to hire qualified faculty to come and teach those programs. And the, and the Pennsylvania Department of Education is not going to allow get uh, Cheney certification in some of those programs in education if you don't have qualified faculty to teach in those programs.
0: Yeah, well, I want, just want to set the record straight. We asked for several things. Uh, one, of, one of the meetings we asked for several things, just to just to keep the uh negotiations going and one of the things that you mentioned the 500 the half million dollars uh remember in the 1998 consent decree they said that they were going to uh appropriate 1 million uh they started off with a half million then they were add uh, a million for year 2 1.5 million for year 3 And two million per year for every all subsequent years. Well, they stopped that. So for five years, they did not appropriate the, the, uh, year three, two million dollars. So we asked for the five hundred thousand and the back money, which back then would have been about three million dollars. Now we were able to get them just recently to boost the appropriations back to to the half million, and they're going to add some more money to the bond hill, which which you mentioned about the graduate programs. But we weren't successful in getting the back money. I I still maintain that's that's a fight that we should still continue to fight for to get that now three million dollars that they owe uh, the Keystone Honors program.
3: Yes. Yes. And money for the, uh, uh, the graduate program that, uh, you gotta have, uh, some new academic programs for the academic, uh, for the graduate program. Even if we get the money for that, we gotta have the new programs for the, uh, uh, graduate program as well as the undergraduate program. I agree with you 100%. That's something we have to fight for because, uh, you know that, uh, Dr. Earl Richardson, one of our advisors, from, uh, used to be the president of Morgan State for over 26 years, said that that is key in any university is uh, the new programs that you must keep up with the marketing of the, uh, of the job market in the country in order to get students to come to your university to uh, major in those programs and be able to get jobs when they leave the university with their degrees.
0: Yeah. Now you mentioned Dr. Earl Richardson. He was a—he is the president emeritus of Morgan State University, and he, yeah. along with uh, uh, Mr. Pace McConkie, who's a civil rights attorney, they were the founding members of and two of the principals of a large coalition called the Coalition for Equity and Excellence in Maryland Higher Education, and they yeah. are our, our advisors. So we have a deep history of. Uh, advocacy on behalf of HBCUs with your experience as being a principal of the 1980 lawsuit along with Michael and Jeff Hart and we have Dr. Richardson and Mr. McConkie and our attorney is probably one of the best attorneys for civil rights and education law on the east coast, Joe Tucker. So what just off the top of your head, what you know, being with the faculty, having history as a faculty member at Cheney, being president of the union and a retired faculty union, what do you think our prospects for uh, this litigation and or any settlement are?
3: I think that everything is going to depend on he, Cheney's call and our attorneys Michael Cord and attorney Joe Tucker I do not have the confidence in the faculty now at Cheney University uh they are partly responsible for allowing this to continue like it has been without standing up going marching up there in Harrisburg at the chancellor's office so I think that uh most of this is going to be uh, the responsibility and it's going to rest on the head of Heating Cheney's call and our attorneys. And I have the faith and I really believe that we're going to be successful with our two attorneys and the members of Heating Cheney's call and whatever alumni that we can get to support us. When I say support, I mean to stand up and work and do what's necessary to help us to get this settlement. But I do believe that we're going to uh, get most of what we have tried to request in our uh, framework for improvement and enhancement. And I have faith that we're going to be able to settle this, hopefully, in the next uh, several months and before that.
0: Now, speaking of settlement, we have a meeting coming up on July 15th uh, that yes. is a public and open meeting. Uh, tell us about what the meeting, the purpose and the intent of the meeting is and what do you hope to uh, accomplish
3: following the meeting? I think one of the objectives is that we have to uh, try to explain the people. Don't believe everything that you hear and read in the paper about Westchester is going to take over Cheney. Westchester is not going to take over Cheney, and Cheney will remain and get better as uh, a strong historical black university. And uh, I think that we're going to try to lay out the legal issues and talk about the possibility of the settlement to the people that will come to the public meeting and we're going to also explain how this all started and the constant discrimination against cheney from way back to there starting with dr duckery on to dr wilson all the way up to the present and uh we hope that what will come out this meeting if we want to squash the rumors, first of all, that Westchester is not going to take over Cheney. That's not going to happen. And uh, I say to the state that if you pray for rain, you better be ready for the mud. And we hope that uh, the people that are attending the meeting will give us their support by coming to help us to work and do the kinds of things that we would request of them, and we hope that there will be many alumni that come out in order to support and hear what's going on, and they can help squash these rumors about Westchester trying to take over Cheney. Like I said, that's not going to happen.
0: Now, um, the meeting is going to be on Wednesday, July 15th at Zion Baptist Church in Philadelphia, located at Broad and Venango Street, the meeting will start promptly at 6.30. Now, there are going to be the politicians that have supported us all along in the past, and we are encouraging people to come out. But I want to add one thing, that when you, Michael, and Jeffrey negotiated and met with the Office of Civil Rights at the U.S. Department of Education in Philadelphia. You met with uh, politicians and elected officials early on. All of them, to a person, said at that time, and this was in 2013, that the yeah. Corbett administration did not have the political will to do the right thing, and they encouraged and they said, in effect, that more than likely we would have to go to court, have Outside intervention, uh, uh, let, uh, judicial intervention to resolve this problem. So I, I just want people to know this wasn't a willy-nilly decision. It wasn't something that we did out of ego or anything like that. The facts demanded this remedy, meaning going into federal court. So it's, it, it had to be done. It's the only way that HBCUs have gotten, particularly the state owned and state funded one, have gotten a remedy or redress for the decades of underfunding, uh, willful neglect and, uh, benign neglect that the state governments has, have heaped upon them. So I just want to make that clear. So what You're else, correct. What, what else do you anticipate coming out of the, the meeting on the 15th?
3: Well, I think I covered just about everything. I just, I just hope that uh, we have a good crowd out, and uh, I hope that uh, people that come to the meeting will give us support and be not only supporters, but to be able to be workers in order to help us to succeed, to uh, to enhance the uh, and to improve Cheney as a hbcu
0: well i'm I'm encouraged uh with the meetings that we've had recently where they talked about and i've been saying this all along that cheney will go through and experience a renaissance that's what we've been hearing there is support for that despite the fact that the republicans control the uh both houses here in in pennsylvania now i'm Mm -hmm. a political atheist so i'm not uh attached to one party or another but the good news is for me from my perspective is that the current governor governor thomas wolf who inherited the lawsuit when he won the election seems to be committed to that very notion to not only save cheney but to resurrect it and reinvent it so that that's the good news from my perspective
3: i agree a hundred percent and also his chief or uh, Governor Wolf's chief attorney, I think that she is supportive of what we're trying to do in order to save Cheney University.
0: Yeah, and, and the other thing is, I remember the first meeting we had in Harrisburg, they asked us point blank how much money did we want, and we unfurled a, a broad and comprehensive program that really took them by surprise. They weren't expecting that.
3: You're correct. We were well prepared. They weren't.
0: Well, but then, you know, the... the they were new. They were new. No, I'm, not, I'm not talking about me. them. I'm not talking about the, the, the meeting we had with the Wolf administration. I'm talking about the meetings, the early meetings we had with the Corbett people i don't think oh they yeah. Were prepared okay. yeah for yeah. our response and to and yeah. and when we brought dr richardson mcconkey and joe because they were we were all there i think mm-hmm. that took them by surprise because we we had such creditable people on our side
3: yeah just let me mention one thing uh rick is uh, give me let me give an example that uh when dr michelle bartell was at cheney her last two years the faculty the alumni and the students voted negative negatively about uh, dr bartell and recommended that she be replaced they recommended this to the council trustees on two occasions the council of trustees voted not to renew uh, dr mattel's contract but the chancellor at the time who was chancellor kavanaugh decided to not to listen to the faculty the alumni the students or the council trustees what he did was to renew her contract for two more years and gave her increase in salary this is what I'm talking about is that a plan by the state system in order to uh, diminish uh, Cheney University as an academic uh, university. Uh, this would never have happened with the other 13 state universities, only to Cheney. This is what I'm talking about, how the state has planned to, uh, to my, uh, the demise of Cheney by doing these kinds of things. Now, I don't know completely uh, about this new uh, chancellor that we have now, but uh, we have to wait and see uh, how negotiations come out. But I think the final decision is going to be with Joe Tucker and uh, the uh, chief attorney for Governor Wolf.
0: Well, I think in this situation, because remember, we were negotiating – on behalf of Cheney but the fact yeah. of the matter is the entire system except for or uh, one school is losing students in other words enrollment applications are down in all the 14 well in 13 of the 14 schools there are some issues and as a result of heeding Cheney's call one of our our challenge we challenged them about their um, very oppressive uh, performance-based funding, which really hurts yeah, the yeah. small schools. And, Ch- and Cheney was the smallest school, is the smallest school, but there's several other schools whose enrollment is not that much larger than Cheney. And that performance-based funding hurt them also. And I, I don't know if you're aware of it. They mentioned it at our last meeting when we were up in ha- – not the last meeting, but the meeting before last when we were in Harrisburg, that they've done away with that formula. So, as a result of what we've done on behalf of Cheney, we've helped some of the smaller schools also.
3: Yeah, they were, they benefited from he Cheney's call, but they did say they come up, they came up with a different formula that would not be uh as bad as the one they had that really hurt Cheney. But the only point is that uh, I don't ever trust. Anything they would say up there until I got a, to I received a written document saying what this new, uh, method is going to be to fund the schools. So I could look at it mathematically to see if Cheney will be hurt from this new, uh, type of, uh, funding. Now, once I see that, then I can report this back to Heedy Cheney's call and to uh, Attorney Michael Cord and Joe Tucker. But I haven't seen this yet. So I'm not going to trust what they say until I actually see this in writing and to be be able to go over this and look at the math and all the calculations and what effect this will have on training.
0: Well, you still have a lot of contacts because of your position as the president of the retired faculty union. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, what are your contacts in Harrisburg saying? What are, what are your, your colleagues in the various unions saying about, uh, this so-called collaboration and the short-term and long-term future of Cheney, if anything?
3: Well, I do know this, because this is in the, uh, pull up the inquiry a couple of weeks ago, where the faculty leadership at Westchester was, uh, interviewed And the faculty leadership at Westchester said they didn't know anything about it. They didn't know anything about the collaboration. No one has talked to them about it. This is something that the chancellor is pushing on the president of Westchester and trying to pressure the president. Now, I do know that there's some collaboration going on with some of the other 13 schools but I don't know what degree this, uh, it, uh, is happening, but the same thing is happening at the other state schools. Faculty are not involved. They're not being told. But we have to remember one thing. There has been no agreement. This is all taught. All taught. This is what we have to get across to the public and to, uh, most people who are concerned about changing. Everything you read and hear, about this collaboration and this so-called agreement nothing has been signed there has this is all talk all this is going to eventually have to go up to the uh the attorney for governor wolf and to joe tucker and they're going to have to decide on which will be beneficial to cheney and which will not be beneficial to cheney because the question is that uh uh, one person in the media asked, "Well, how is Ch- Westchester going to be beneficial by collaboration with Cheney?" There has been no answer to this, so therefore, rumors have developed about what's going to what's uh, Cheney will lose some land and all this. This is not true, and this is uh, one of the uh, may. This is another reason why people need to come out on the 15th, to hear the facts about what is going on, what is just rumor, and uh, and nothing, like I said, nothing has been settled and put in writing and signed because it's going to have to go before uh, our, our chief attorney, Joe Tucker, and the chief attorney for Governor Wolf, and then he's going to have to go back to Governor Wolf. So all this between... Rumors between Westchester president and Cheney president meeting, and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. That's all talk at this point. Okay. Now, I do know that there is a, uh, some type of uh, talk about Westchester does have a nursing program, a doctorate in nursing. And what they want to do is open up four slots for Cheney. Students to get into that nursing program. Now that's talk too. Now that is something that is, uh, that is something that is good, but it doesn't take the place of Cheney having new academic programs. So therefore we, I want to make it clear that any type of collaboration that may come down the line is not going to take the place of new academic programs And it's not going to have Westchester taking over any land of Cheney at all and Westchester taking over Cheney. That's not going to happen, like I said. And this is why people got to come out and hear the truth and hear what's rumor and what is facts.
0: Well, one of the issues, and I'll say this and then I'll let you go because we're almost out of time for this segment. One, One of the issues has been the urban center. And the onerous rent that Cheney was paying, and then the Pashi system under Kavanaugh opened that space up to the other schools to the point that Cheney's space in that facility has been limited, and I have not been been able to get an answer in terms of has this enabled Cheney to reduce its burden for the rental. In other words, are those other schools stepping up and paying the rental? Because that's a major drain on Cheney's budget.
3: I do know this, Rick, that uh, before uh, the other schools, uh, Westchester and two other schools got into the urban center down there on 7th and uh, Market, uh Cheney was paying $25,000 a month for that place. And we didn't have any students. But that's a whole new story about when I, before I retired in 19, in 2004, we had uh, 450, to 460 graduate school, graduate students at that urban center. Uh, it started at uh, 4601 Market Street. And then when they moved down there to 7th and Market, uh dr pettis did that that's when the enrollment started going down drastically we approved we uh disapproved of that move down there because we felt that there were other places within west philadelphia that would be more convenient for students it would cost some students 14 and 15 dollars to just park down there and if they didn't have the money to park there was no convenience of uh, Getting the L to get right to that place. But at least at 4601 Market Street, they could get right off the L, walk two minutes to the, uh, the Urban Center at 4601 Market Street. But there's a long history about how that, in, in fact, how their enrollment went down. But I do know this. They don't even have 10 graduate students pertaining at that Urban Center. And that's ridiculous. And I think that has been planned and, uh, uh, and the state, uh, and Passy has done very little to help Cheney to, uh, increase that enrollment. In fact, you see all kinds of signs down there. Westchester, uh, uh, you would think that Westchester had the whole center, but, uh, uh, um, there's enough fault to go around with the, uh, Ch- uh Cheney and, uh, Cheney administration and, uh, Pacey.
0: All right, Doctor, uh, we're going to let you go and just remind people to come out on Wednesday, July 15th at 6.30 p.m. at Zion Baptist Church in Philadelphia, located at Broad and Venango Streets. And we'll hear more. And you'll also hear from our attorneys. You'll hear from local elected officials. You'll hear from Dr. Harris. And he'll go into much more detail about what needs to be done. So, Doctor Harris, I thank you for being our guest, and uh, I'll see you not in the
3: not too distant future. Well, I know you're gonna end up calling me tonight, Rick. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay.
1: Cyberspace is the place that no army with artillery invade.
0: You've been listening to the Cyberspace Sanctuary. A safe house for your mind on the Blake Radio Network with Junius Ricardo Stanley. Thank you for logging on. We invite you to tune in again and engage in mental decolonization. Free your mind; the rest will follow. That
1: no corporation incorporates, no denominations, faith dominates no court is going to try it